Good morning, brothers and sisters. Let us turn to Genesis chapter 29. This morning we'll be considering Genesis chapter 29, and this evening we'll conclude with Genesis chapter 30. And we'll read Genesis chapter 29 in its entirety. Genesis chapter 29, and we'll begin at verse 1. And the word of the Lord says, So Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. And he looked and saw a well in the field. And behold, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of the well they watered the flocks. A large stone was on the well's mouth. Now all the flocks would be gathered there, and they would roll the stone from the well's mouth, water the sheep, and put the stone back in its place on the well's mouth. And Jacob said to them, Brethren, where are you from? And they said, We are from Haran. Then he said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said to them, Is he well? And they said, He is well. And look, his daughter Rachel is coming with his sheep. Then, then he said, Look, it is still high day. Is it not time for the cattle to be gathered together, water the sheep, and go feed them? And they said, We cannot until all the flocks gather together, and they have rolled the stone from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. Now while he was, was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. And it came to pass, when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth, and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel, and lifted up his voice, and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative, and that he was Rebekah's son. So she ran and told her father. Then it came to pass, when Laban heard the, heard the report about Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him, and embraced him, and kissed him, and brought him into his house. So he told Laban all these things. And Laban said, said to him, Surely you are my bones and my flesh. And he stayed with him for a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what should your wage, wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate. But Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Now Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than, uh, I'm sorry, it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel's. And they seemed only, only, only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her, brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. And Laban gave his maid, his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came to pass in the morning that behold, it was Leah. 
And he said to Laban, What is this that you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why have you, why have you deceived me? And Laban said, it, is not, it must not be done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and I will give you this one. Also, for the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. So he gave him his daughter Rachel, his wife also. And Laban gave his, his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as a maid. Then Jacob also went into Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served with Laban still another seven years. When the, law, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, and Rachel, Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, The Lord has surely looked upon my affliction. Now therefore, my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me a son also. And she called his name Simeon. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will, come, will become attached to me because I have bore him three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she stopped bearing. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So this morning we continue the story of this rascal named Jacob. Now, last week we, we hopefully learned, I wasn't here, so I'm, I'm assuming we learned chapter 28. And how we, we find Jacob in a, in a desolate place, alone, scared. And God would, would reach His hand of grace to him. And in a dream would show him His grace. And Jacob would, would, would hear from the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, his father. And the, the promises made to him were made to... The promises that were made to his father and his grandfather were made to him. And we learn a little bit about Jacob there, right? Jacob there had faith in the Lord. But his faith was weak. Instead of, a, instead of uh, taking the Lord's word at face value, the Lord says, I will be with you, I will keep you, and I will bring you back. Jacob says, well, I'm going to make a vow to you, Lord. If, Lord, it says, if you keep me. If you feed me, he says. And if you clothe me. And if you return me to my father's land, then, I, then you will be my God. You know, we can't be too hard on Jacob. We can't be too hard. How often in your lives and in my life I can speak truthfully? I, I barter with the Lord. Lord, if I could just, you know, get that promotion, I would serve, I will serve you better. Lord, if, if I can get this, Lord, I will serve you better. You know, we read that, that Jacob promises uh, the Lord there, that if He does all these things, that He, he will give a tenth of, of what He has. And I don't think we, you can look through Scripture, I don't think we ever rec have recorded that He ever did what He said He was going to do. But there's something to, to said there about the faith of Jacob. It was lacking. Anyway, but I digress. But um, 
the point is this. In chapter 20, we see Jacob, it says that he, he named the place where the Lord revealed this to him. He says he named that place Bethel. And Bethel means the house of God. And in chapter 28, you see Jacob in the house of God. In chapter 29, we're going to see Jacob in the house of discipline. In the house of discipline. You know, we read in, 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 in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that uh, the, the, the writer there is exhorting the, the, the believers there, says, and you have forgotten the exhortation which I speak to you as sons. My sons, do not despise the chastisement of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you, re, when, when you are rebuked by Him. For whom the Lord loves, He chastens. You know, one of the amazing things in the life of, of Jacob is his, even his own name, Surplanter. Jacob means supplanter. The, the, the one who usurps what doesn't belong to him. Yet God would bestow grace upon such, a, such an individual. And God here would begin to mold Jacob. And so Jacob is sent to the house of discipline. Now, it's interesting to note, this is the second recorded trip to Haran, right? The first trip that's recorded in, in Genesis uh, what was Abraham's servant, right? Abraham's servant was, was given a task to go and find Isaac, his son, a wife. And he said, go back to my home country and find my family and find a wife out of the family of uh, Nahor for my son Isaac. And so we see this story as this servant, this faithful servant of Abraham, would go, not knowing where he was going, not really sure uh, knowing what he was going to find and encounter, went in faith to Haran. And so I, 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 wanna, I want you guys to make that parallel in your minds because in it you find both in Jacob and in Abraham's servant, you find both of them coming to Haran and finding themselves in front of a well, don't they? Right? They're both in front of a well. They both find themselves talking to themselves to a young woman who ended up being a wife, right? They both have Laban come, come running to him and embracing them and bringing them. They both go into the house of the family member and they both eventually leave, right? So you see those parallels. They're very important. And the reason I bring them up is because I want to, con I want to talk about the contrast. They're similar, but the differences is what's important because you're going to see how Jacob is a contrast to, this, to the servant. And it's not to Jacob's... Uh, and it's not to Jacob's benefit. We see the true character of Jacob and, and how he falls short. And so we find ourselves in this story. And the first thing I, I want to I bring to you, the first contrast that I want to I bring before your mind, if you recall in the story, that, that, that Abraham's servant sat there at the well, and it says that he prayed. It says that he prayed to the Lord, and he prayed a very specific prayer, you guys recall, right? He prayed, Lord, let it be the woman that I ask for to lower her pot and give me a drink. And then it says, Lord, she will also then offer to water my camels. Let her be the one, Lord. I mean, talk about specific prayers. I mean, you can't get any more specific than that. But you see, Jacob, in contrast... We see no prayer. And the first thing that God is going to deal with Jacob in this house of discipline is his lack of patience 
You see, Jacob, from a very young age, was an impatient child. You know, listen, it, before he was born, we learn of Jacob. The Lord revealed both to, to Isaac and Rebekah that the younger is going to serve the older. And I'm, I'm sure that was told to him by his parents. His parents told him that, that, that the Lord had declared these things. But yet, he would go about making these things happen. He didn't wait for the Lord. In fact, he tricked his, his, his older brother and said, give me your birthright for a bowl of lentils. Now, yes, Esau was, was a bit short-sighted and should have uh, had a little more sense about him, but it's always Jacob trying to force himself and manipulate the situation. And here you have Jacob, right? His mom said, said go, go to my brother's house. Get a wife for my brother, right? And there, after the Lord reveals himself there in Bethel, he finds himself at a well. He doesn't rely on the Lord. He doesn't ask the Lord for guidance. What does he do? Oh, well, he starts talking to the, to, to the shepherds that were there. Hey, well, where are you guys from? Oh, we're from Haran. Oh, good, good. We're from Haran. Do, do you know Laban? Oh, yeah, yeah, we know Laban. How is he doing? Oh, he's doing well. In fact, th there's his daughter. <laughs> Jacob was an impetuous man, wasn't he? Yeah, always on the move, always hustling. You know, it, it, it was said of, of Abraham's servant that, that he prayed this prayer, and it says that when Rebekah came, he asked Rebekah, and Rebekah lowered her pot. And Rebekah said, I, I will also water your camels. And, and it says uh, of this servant of Abraham, it says that he waited. He stopped, and it says, and he waited and watched. He waited for the Lord. He wanted to be absolutely sure that it was the Lord's doing. What did Jacob do? Oh, well, you know, he, he shows up and there's a crowd. There's three flocks. There's three shepherds. He talks to them. He, he says, hey, man, l listen, it's high noon. Why aren't you watering these sheep? Why aren't you going around and feeding these cows? And now is the time to do it. And the shepherds say, well, listen, <laughs> we wait till all the flocks get together. There's a reason why we're sitting around. All the flocks of, of this region get together and then we remove the rock. We all water the flocks at the same time and then we cover the rock. That way there's not one guy removing the rock and then another guy. It, we all do it together. But you see, Jacob, a, a, as impatient as he is, here comes Rachel with her flock. What does he do? Does he wait? Does he wait? No. Out of his own strength, out of his own doing, he moves the stone by himself, which could be a feat in itself. He moved the stone on his own. You see the, 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 the impatience of this man. He couldn't wait. He could not wait. Brothers and sisters, I, I hope these, these, these little pictures speak to your heart as it speaks to my heart. How often in your life and your walk with the Lord, you say, Lord, what, what are you doing? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Show me, guide me, lead me. And, and, and we're like uh, little children just squirming in our seats. We can't sit still. We can't wait for the Lord. Lord, do you, do you want me to buy this house? Is it too much money? No, most of us ran off and oh, the bank will approve me for anything. Ah, you know, if the bank approves me, it's the Lord's will. <laughs> well, how did a lot of people find out that that's not true? Isn't it? In our walk, we should be patient. 
in our walk with the Lord, we shouldn't be so impetuous. We shouldn't be so impatient. We should calmly wait and pray specifically. And we're going to see that the Lord is dealing with Jacob's impatience. You know, one of the other things that we notice in contrast to Jacob is Abraham's servant, as he sat there and waited and got confirmation from the Lord that he was at the right place, at the right time, talking to the right woman. It says, that, it says of Abraham's servant that he bowed down and worshipped the Lord. He worshipped the Lord. You know, Jacob, in contrast, found himself at a well by the grace of God. And I mean by the grace of God. He found the right woman. And it says that he cried with joy. Now, I, I don't want to be too hard on Jacob. Don't, 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 I'm not berailing this man. I, my flaws are, are just as bad as, as Jacob's, if not worse. This man never sought guidance of the Lord. But yet you, you wonder, because the whole image, the whole scenery there for Jacob must have been a familiar one. His mom must have told him how, how he came to be married to his father. His mom must have told him, hey, you know, I, I was there at home and I was going to the well to get some water for the household. And there I met Abraham's servant. And he asked me for a little water, and I offered him water. You can just recall how his mother would recant, recall the story of, of how she came to know Isaac. And you could see in, 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 in Jacob's mind how everything was, seems to have fallen in place. But you see that he cried. It wasn't a crier. He wasn't crying because of the worship of the Lord. It's because, yes, he noticed that there's similarities here. Maybe God is leading, leading me here. Yet he didn't attribute credit to the living God. He saw God's handiwork. He saw God's hands and God moving the pieces. And he was rejoiced by it. But he didn't give God the credit. Brothers and sisters, there's something there for us. You know, in your walk, and as we walk with the Lord, when we... The Lord is moving things. The Lord is, is guiding us. He's channeling us to, to do His will. And he does things. And sometimes we attribute to chance. Oh, it's good fortune. Oh, you know. And we fail to see the God who controls all things. We fail to see the God who looks upon your soul and who looks upon my soul in loving kindness and wants to see the best for us. Don't fail to give him the glory. It's never what you've done. It's never how smart you are. You know, Jacob may, may have cried in his heart. Well, why did he cry? Well, you know, listen, he's never been to Haran. It's not like we have, they had GPSs back then. The, 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 the trek was, was a treacherous one. He, had, he didn't exactly know where he was going. And the chances for him to find a relative of Laban was very small. And so he cried. But he failed to give the glory to God. Brothers and sisters, let, let us not fail to give the glory to the Lord. And so now you see the, he, he, uh, there's impetuous and impatient uh, and Jacob. He, 
he kisses Rachel and says, oh, I'm a relative of your father's. Uh, I, I am the son of Rebecca. And of course, Rachel gets up in a hurry and leaves the flock and runs off to her father. Tells her father, and her father gets up with haste and runs to him. You know, very identical stories, right? Laban did the same thing before. I, I wonder what he was thinking when he was running towards Jacob. Do you remember all the gold that, that was given as a dowry for Rebekah? Remember all the benefits that came to that family because of Abraham? All, all, all the wealth that was given to him? Oh, he ran aright. You see a little bit of the character of Laban. He was more concerned with the material things of this world than, than really anything else. And that's, that's, that's one thing, too, that, that God is going to show here uh, to Jacob. Is He's going to re- reveal Jacob's personality or Jacob's flaws in Laban. Jacob is going to have to meet Jacob himself in Laban. And so we find Laban. Laban comes and, and gives him a hug, gives him a kiss, embraces him, and you know says, you are bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, come stay with me. You know, uh, He didn't come with any money. Well, maybe he hoped. Maybe, maybe, maybe his sister was going to send some money. You know, it says that he stayed there for a month. For an entire month. Now, that's interesting. Because in contrast to the, to the servant, the servant showed up that day uh, and, and, and met Rebekah and was, went to the house of, of, of Nahor and was there for one night. And the next day he says, send me on my way. He was there for one day. Jacob, on the other hand, had been an entire month there. Now, why do you think he was there for a month? Now, if you recall, a couple of chapters earlier, when his, when his mother, Rebecca, hears that Esau is seeking to kill him, he says, listen, go to my brother Laban's house and remain there for four days. And then I'll come send you, to send somebody to get you. When, when, when your brother's calmed down and, and, and he's cooled off. So you imagine Jacob just waiting for his mother to send someone. Yet no one came. Yet no one came. You see, the Lord had a purpose for Jacob there. The Lord was going was gonna to humble Jacob in that place. You can imagine Jacob's thinking, what's taking my mom so long? Why isn't she sending someone for me? It's gone an entire, entire month. And so Laban... Interestingly enough, didn't want a freeloader in his hand. A man, the, the, the guy was just here for an entire month eating his food and didn't really have any money of his own. So Laban puts him to the work. He says, listen, you're not going to work for me for free. Your family, which, which is kind of an odd thing to ask to begin with. If he was family, uh, he would be a more of a business partner than an employee. But no, he treats him as a, a servant. He says, what's going to be your wage? And, and there's something to be said in that. Because here's a man who from his birth, the Lord says, the younger, I'm sorry, the older will serve the younger. And, and like I said, you, you know that his mother probably told him that. And for an entire month, I imagine he didn't exactly was helpful around the house. He probably just lounged around. But you see, the Lord's going to begin to teach Jacob a lesson. Is that before you get served, you have to serve. And so now Jacob, 
finds himself, now he has to serve Laban as a servant. Not as a son, but as a servant. It's an important lesson that he had to learn, isn't it? It's an important lesson that you and I have to learn. It's a lesson that the Lord taught His own disciples, did He not? For there in that upper room, they all had gathered there in the Last Supper, and they all were reclined and, and, and gleeful and, and, and joking around and talking. All of them with their feet dirty. Probably thinking with themselves, I'm not cleaning these guys' feet today. Let somebody else do it. And here is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, God in the flesh. The God who breathed the stars, the God who knew you before, He knitted you in your mother's womb. Grabbing a servant's towel, wrapping it around His waist, and grabbing a bowl of water, and began to wash the filthy feet of unworthy men. You see, Jacob had to learn that lesson. Jacob thought, oh, well, you know, the... the, the, the uh, the older is going to serve the younger. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have to serve. I, I, I'm special, he, he probably thought in his mind. <laughs> the Lord said, no, no, no. no. You see, w- w- there, in fact, even in the upper room table, the, the disciples were, 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 were discussing among themselves, uh, Lord, can, can we be at your right hand when we get to heaven? Can, can we get the place of honor, Lord? And he says, listen, you got it all wrong. For the last shall be first. Right? The place of honor is never the, 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 the place of, of the one being served. It's the server that gets the place of honor in the Lord. And Jacob needed to learn this lesson. And so we see that Jacob then becomes a servant of Laban. And so then he, when he asks, what is his wage? He says, you have a daughter. You have a daughter named Rachel. He says that he loved Rachel. And he says, I will work seven years for Rachel. Now that's interesting. You know, the, the, the uh, Abraham's servant came with a dowry, came with gold and, and all his uh, uh, precious stones and so forth for Rebekah. But Jacob gave, didn't have any money. He didn't have any gold. What does he give? He says he gives seven years of his life. That's important, brothers and sisters, because, listen, money, money that, that, that he would give, he could recover. Livestock that he would give as a dowry, he can recover. But you know what he couldn't recover? Was seven years of his life. And here's a man who loved a woman and would give seven years of his life for her. My brothers and sisters, this morning I was thinking upon this and it, it was jumping out at me. Because you see, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, God the Son, sat there in the heavens and loved us so. He loved us so that He didn't just give seven years of His life for you and I. He gave His entire life. He came to earth. He walked as a man. He lived on this earth for 33 years. And He hung on that cross for you and I. Because He loved you. Because He loved me. That's, that, that, there's no getting that back, is there? The dowry of money is nothing. Our Lord has given Himself for you and I. What a beautiful thing that is. That the Lord would love us so. 
So we see here Jacob. He's under the service of Laban for seven years, and we have the deception of Laban. You know, it's, it's interesting to note that Laban is a mirror image, an absolute mirror image of who Jacob was. He worked for seven years, and when he said, the time is fulfilled, please give me my wife to have a feast. And, and instead of sending Rachel, the daughter they agreed upon, and, and there was no mistake about it. It was actually kind of interesting. When you think of the verse, the verse says, so listen, you have a daughter named Rachel. I want her. And not only do you say Rachel, but it says, it's your younger daughter, just, so, just in case there's any misunderstanding. You know? it, it's Rachel, and it's your younger daughter. He says. Oh, but see, you see, Laban saw that in those seven years that Jacob took his flock and the Lord prospered him. I said, well, well, listen, I I can't lose this guy. I'm becoming rich because of this guy. I can't lose this guy. So what does he do? He deceitfully veils his older daughter, Leah. He veils her and sends her into the tent. And it was evening, it was dark. Uh, I mean... Maybe she never took off her veil. Maybe he was a little drunk with wine. Your guess is as good as mine. He didn't know until the morning. He didn't know. And when the morning came and he saw, he was outraged. He says, what an injustice. Why have you beguiled me, he says. And Jacob says words that I don't think, I'm sorry, Laban says words that I don't think he understood what he said. He just said some kind of lie. He says, listen, in this country, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't uh, give away the younger before the firstborn. We, we think of the firstborn first. Now, granted, you know, Laban was just coming up with an excuse. He was just trying to cover his behind. But could you imagine Jacob there standing before Laban and say, Why have you beguiled me? Why have you done this injustice to me? And you say, Well, you know, the firstborn should come first. It's like a dagger to his heart, isn't it? What, what, did he, what, what, did, what did he do to his father? What did he do to his brother back at home? I, talk about a slap in the face, right? I, he kept his mouth shut, didn't he? He didn't, say, he didn't say, oh, how could he cry about the injustice done to him when he had done the exact same thing to his father and his brother? Brothers and sisters, we must be careful. A lot of times, we get enraged in our, in our little, little pride and our ego, no one should do us any injustice. How could they treat me this way? You know, sometimes we get arranged over the, over the silliest little things. The injustice. Oh, so-and-so didn't say hi to me this morning. Huh. Well, did you say hi to them? You know, a lot of times we, we, we get all hung up on the injustice that happened to us. We're guilty of the same thing, brothers and sisters. Now, praise the Lord that He doesn't slap us in the face like He did to Jacob every single time. But Laban says to him, Okay, listen, complete the week of Leah, in other words, uh, uh, complete the, the wedding feast of Leah, which is for seven days, and then afterwards, I will give you the other one. I'll give you Rachel for another seven years of service. And he did so. And so he served Laban for another seven years for Rachel while he was married to two women. Now, the, the question comes up, and it's, and it's a difficult one. Which of these two women did the Lord intend Jacob to be with? Now, it, it's difficult because, yes, J- Jacob loved Rachel. It was never an issue of, 
of, uh, of being unequally yoked. He didn't do like his brother and go marry a, a wife of the daughters of, of Heth or of the Canaanites. He went to his own country and he, and he did find a, a, a woman from the, the family of, of Abraham. But his problem was never... Was never his marriage. The, the problem is marriage was not uh, a, a single woman. It, it, was, it was the fact that it was polygamy, right? And, and it's interesting to note, and it's hard to, to really. You're splitting hairs here. How the Lord would use both these women. And, and it's and it's uh, the atrocities of polygamy is this, the injustice that is done to these women. God never intended. God never intended, for polygamy to be a, 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 in marriage. And, and some critics may say that, well, well you, you see, God used polygamy. God, God used, used uh, both Leah and Rachel to give Jacob 12 sons. Now, what's not to say God would have given him 12 sons with one woman? Is God not able? Yes, God, God took a bad situation, a horrible situation, and, and He used it for good, as He does in our lives, doesn't He? We may not always walk the, the straight and narrow, and we make mistakes in our lives, yet God, God, God supersedes that, doesn't He? And He does. He does uh, give us grace, doesn't He? One thing also I wanted to, to, to bring up before I close. It's interesting to know the principle of you reap what you sow. It's very clearly seen here in this chapter, right? Yet, it's one of those things that, that, that we know it's in here, but I don't think it's in here. You see, Jacob deceived his father, deceived his, his brother. He learned deception from his own mother. His own mother was conniving and, ta- and taught him how to deceive. Yet, he got dealt the exact same coin. And, and brothers and sisters, I say this because the Lord is... Uh, He's the same what? Yesterday, today, and forever. Brothers and sisters, don't think that uh, because you got in the way with it. That, that, that oh, you, you're free and clear. Listen, it, it's seen through the beginning of Scripture to the end of Scripture. You think of Pharaoh there in Egypt. It says, take all the male childs and throw them in the Nile and drown them. How did Pharaoh die? <laughs> he was there in his chariot in the middle of the Red Sea as it parted and the whole sea came upon him. And guess what? What did Pharaoh do? He drowned. You know, Psalm 7, uh, verse 15 says, He made a pit and dug it, uh, d- uh, dug it out and has fallen in the ditch, which he made, right? I, I mean, that, Pharaoh is just one example. Uh, there in the book of Judges in chapter 1, you read of a, of a king named Adoni Bezek. He used to go around and take his captives and he used to cut off the thumbs and the, and the big toes of the, uh, of the king that he would capture. So that the, the, the king would not be able to fight because he couldn't hold a sword. He wouldn't be able to walk because he wouldn't have big toes. Well, what, what would happen to this king? Well, the scripture would, get, would go on to say that his own two thumbs and his own two big toes would be cut off. You reap what you sow, don't you? You think of Haman, right? There in the book of Esther. Oh, he built this great big old gallows. For who? For Mordecai. And guess who, who got to try it out first? Haman. Brothers and sisters, be not deceived, right? 
Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Galatians 6, 7. It's a stern warning to us. Brothers and sisters, if we, if we reap sin in our lives, there's consequences to that. If we, reap this, I mean, if we sow deception and unkindness and guile towards our, our fellow uh, human or our, our brother or sister in Christ, we will reap it. And we've seen, it's seen clearly here in, in the story of Jacob. Now, tonight we'll get into, we've seen Jacob, Jacob uh, in the house of discipline. And tonight we'll look at the house of Jacob. We'll take a look at the, the two wives of Jacob and his dealings in his home. Let us ask, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the lessons we find in it. We thank you, and we pray, Lord, for our hearts to humbly receive it from my own heart, Lord, that I, I may take these lessons, Lord, and everyone here that they would take these, these lessons to heart and that they would be refreshed by them, Lord, because you're a God of grace. You look at a, a, a man as Jacob, and you showed kindness and grace and mercy towards him, and Lord, I would ask for the same for me and for those who are here, Lord. For we are flawed individuals. We're impatient. We're impetuous. Lord, we, we, we're strong-willed. Father, we ask that your word would resonate in our hearts, Lord. And it would, it would take root and it would, it would have action in our lives, Lord. Lord, I ask all these things in such precious name. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.